and I got pressure on me. Seven days a week is game seven on me. Life will test you out. She live through that. That's testimony. Giving them hell, but how in the hell I got all these blessings on me? What's up, y'all? Have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the facts over Axe Crew. We got the master of the mix and master, Josh Guyton in the building. That is I. We got the money man, the man with the plan, the proposal man, Chris Allen in the building. Right here, right here. And then you got the little old MC, that is me, Kenton Gibbs. And boy, we got more playoff basketball. And you know what? Let me start this show off by saying here at Facts Over Acts, we can admit when we're wrong. It looks like they're going to pull this thing off. It looks like they're going to make it through the entire playoffs. And you know, we, we got to admit that. Shout out to Adam Silver. You've done your job spectacularly. And, and now moving forward from that, we're going to get right into these playoff updates. Um, over out in the East, Miami is up 3-1 uh, after uh, they got up 3-0 and had an overtime loss last night. Boston and Toronto tied at two apiece. Toronto, uh, I mean, Boston took the first two, and then Toronto came storming out of nowhere. And, you know, Nick Nurse and them said, not so fast, my friend. Uh, the Clippers and Nuggets, Nuggets took the, the the Nuggets got took to the woodshed in game one. Uh, you could tell who the fresher team was, and they bounced back last game. Lakers-Houston, you know, tied at one all as well. Uh, Houston took game one. Lakers came back for game two. Now, fellas, is there anything about any of these series that has said anything to you that you didn't already know? Um... No, man, these series are going exactly how I, I anticipated. I'm actually, round one was crazy. I'm happy that round one turned out the way it did because with the exception of being a few games off, my bracket was damn near spot on. Um, But the only series I can say that, that surprises all of us has to be Miami-Milwaukee, uh, right? I mean... Absolutely. If you woke me up in a week and told me that Miami won, I wouldn't be surprised. But the way in which they're winning, and then it doesn't look like Giannis will be playing game five, and it's going to be a 4-1 victory for Miami. I don't think anybody saw that coming. I think Lakers-Rockets is on brand. I had the Lakers winning in six. It looks like that'll be a thing. I think the Rockets has what it takes to get a couple games, and they are living or dying by Russell Westbrook right now because... He's the man oh, that's supposed to. Oh, we gotta do this. Hey. Go, go to a different team, please. I'm just—he's he, hey, the man. He's the man that's supposed to kickstart the offense, and they treating him like he Ben Simmons right now. Oh my lord! Oh my lord! It, but I think the Rockets still getting at least another game. They've been playing great. Um, the fact but, that Ben Simmons is an insult is what blows me. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that's so crazy. Hey. I, I'm sick, Chris. Talking about get another team with eight teams left playing. Right. <laughs> You out of control. Yeah, but the the historic um the the history between the Houston Rockets and Cold Streaks is what gonna what's gonna make or break them in this series. Um I think Clippers Nuggets is, is right on brand. Two teams that play decent bat play good basketball, they're gonna go back and forth. I got Clippers and six. Um the Boston series started off not how I anticipated. I thought it would be blow for blow. Uh, back to back in Boston, like they were in control of this series, it wasn't even going to be a competition. But that that OG buzzer beater really kick started Toronto, and it looks like 
my original prediction of uh, Boston and seven is going to come true. So I think that series is right on brand. But the the outlier is that is that Miami series. We knew Miami was some dogs. We knew they would put up a fight against the uh the pretty much can, the pretty much consensus favorites coming out of the Eastern Conference. Most people had Milwaukee coming out of the East, but I don't think anybody expected Miami to come out and punch them in the mouth that hard. If Milwaukee did not recover, it's crazy. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure, Chris. Any surprises? Any any anything that um, had you looking like what? Well, y'all know I flipped my pick in the second round. I took I changed from Milwaukee over Miami. I took Miami over Milwaukee before the series started. So that's fair game. That's fair game. Hey, it's fair. Yeah. Milwaukee looks awful without Giannis on the floor. Now, Game Four surprised me because they actually look good without Giannis on the floor. But I don't know about y'all, but after that. When they went down 3-0, the body language of Giannis was like kind of mm-hmm. – and mind you, game two was some BS because the two foul calls at the end of the game were ridiculous. Like, here's my thing with the fouls that they called in. They are fouls, and I can't get mad at the refs because I feel like they've been calling – I feel like the, the fouls that they have been calling are accurate. But like we said at the beginning of the, of the bubble, I think the referees have a chance to be more locked in and not miss these foul calls because it's not fans or any outside factors bothering them. But at the same time, even though they are fouls, this is the playoffs. You can't call them. You got to exactly. let them young men play. Exactly. Exactly. Go ahead, Chris. Okay, but like I was saying, it it's – Game two, I don't know. That could have went either way as well. But to be down 3-0, Giannis' body language was kind of like – I know he sprained his ankle, but his body language was kind of like, we could do this, but I really don't think we can do this. Like, <laughs> yeah. His body language wasn't matching what he was saying. So I really don't know Giannis's future in Milwaukee. If I'm Giannis, I say you sign one-year deals like LeBron did and just see if they can – bring another piece to you, but you also in Milwaukee, so the chances of you getting another piece, I I don't think that happens. And for Miami to not say they want to sign Bam back, it's not a priority to sign Bam back, is ridiculous to me. Bam is the modern day power forward center that you want on your team. Like, I'm, I know this is early, but I'm putting him up there with Cat next year if he takes another leap. He's going to be up there with Carl Anthony Towns next year. And you know and, what? It, when you look at Bam play, he's the antithesis of Carl Anthony Towns. Carl, everything that Carl Anthony Towns has, he does not. And everything he has, Cat does not. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. I put them on the same bracket because Bam can bring the ball up the floor, but Cat mm-hmm. can shoot the ball better than Bam. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So yep. they like polar opposites, but they on the same tier. And Bam plays defense, Cat uh, plays better offense. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, exactly. I don't know. If if Cat can and Bam could work out together this summer, I think they'll benefit both of them a lot. To be honest with you, exactly. or this offseason, it ain't the summer no more. But this offseason, I agree. I agree. All right, but but Boston and Toronto, I really thought the Celtics was gonna take them out in five because I just don't have no faith because the, the Toronto doesn't have that one player that is like a a bucket getter. They have a bunch of people that can go get a bucket, but they don't have nobody you could just say, all right, take the game over. I thought it would be Siakam, but he hasn't been playing well when he gets a good defense against him. Then another, you got the playoff Another playoff <laughs> P. Another playoff P. 
They was calling him Spicy P last year, so I don't know what, what's going on. You, you get well, you know, nickname. You know, Paprika stay Paprika stay fresh for the first five minutes after you open it. After that, that Paprika <laughs> gonna be it's gonna be flat. So as you know, Spicy P is just bland P at this point. All right, right, okay. So Clippers and Nuggets. I actually think that that's a bad matchup for the Clippers. They have wing defenders, but I just don't think they can score enough, especially with Pandemic P playing like this, like. He mm-hmm. needs to really snap out of it because he showed he can do in game five of his last series. He showed that if he plays to the top of his level, the Clippers are the best team in basketball, if not second best team in basketball. We still haven't seen the Lakers play all the way, which is why I say sec- first or second because the Lakers role players still are in Los Angeles. They haven't came to the bubble yet. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. Absolutely. And as far as Lakers in Houston, I – I mean, Houston has a chance. I'm a Houston fan for sure. I'm a friend of the franchise, not just James Harden or Russell Westbrook for all those people that hopped on the bandwagon when they got rushed. But I think Houston got a chance. It's just they made a lot of mistakes at the end, and we got to – Russ got to figure out what to do. He even admitted that he just feels like he out there just running around, like in the post-game interview. Like, Russ has to figure out how can you be beneficial because you standing around a three-point line is not helping us at all. Right. The basketball we were playing when we were playing well in the season was when Russ was attacking the basket, and if he couldn't get to the basket, he was hitting shooters. I don't know why we're not going back to that basketball. We actually beat the Lakers when we traded Capella playing with Russ at 35, I think. Um, And he was attacking the basket. Mr. Allen, uh, could you CC Danny Green to this email as well? Uh, I I would like to see uh, Mr. Green do more than win sprints and I would also like to see him try to get to the basket because uh, Mr. Green is a better finisher at the rim than most people think and uh, right now he could not hit a uh, he could not hit a school bus from the playground so uh, if we could please just you know CC Danny Green as well but uh, finish your book Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm just bidding on Russ. Like, Russ has to do better. Uh, Honestly, and it hurts me to say this because I do like Russ, and he brings the energy that we need. But, honestly, I really feel like we would be the favorites in this series if we had Chris Paul instead of Russ. Because think about it. He missed five wide-open shots yesterday, five wide-open threes. So, they playing that Ben Simmons defense on him. Chris Paul would have hit at least three of those in the clutch. Yep. We lose by eight. We lose by eight. Chris Paul hits three, though. That's nine points. So, it, it, right. you know, that, that that puts us up a point. And you have to guard that, so that gives more space. They've been doubling hard because they had no answer for him game one, and they've been doubling this game. But it's like they leaving Russ wide open because he can't shoot, and he refuses to go to the rim. And then I don't know what, Ron, what LeBron got against Russ. He's been bullying Russ. He came from the corner and blocked Russ' shot to Timbuk two. Like, I don't, <sighs> I don't get it. Wow. And then he dumped all on Russ. Like, it's just – Bro, relax. Russ is your friend. <laughs> your son's favorite player is Russ. And stop bullying him, please. That's why he doing it. That's why he doing it. <laughs> right. He, his his pop, his son was probably like, he was like, hey, take out the trash, Brownie. No, you take out the trash. Didn't Russ just drop 35 on y'all? Y'all trash. Oh, word. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry. He probably in the bubble right now calling Brownie. You said who was trash? Oh, okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Man, the, no. the thing with Russell Westbrook is his job is, like you said, his job is to attack, penetrate, and kick out to those shooters because the Rockets ain't got a lot that can do that. James Harden, uh, his his playmaking ability is great, and Russ is supposed to do the same, 
but in a different capacity. But it's like he drove down there at one time, and that Lakers defense got to him. Now he, he feel like he ain't got the ability to drive down there. I don't know what it is, but I'm not used I, to seeing Russ having that that mental block from a physical standpoint. I think it's him being hurt. I think because one of the biggest things that happens when you come back from injury and especially if you like feel like you forced a little bit or if you still don't feel 100% is that you don't trust your body to do the things that you normally do. And True. I think that may be the case that he's not trusting his body that hey, I can go at AD Dwight and JaVale every play and I'm going to get the better of them. Because the normal Russ, that's him. That's why not? Why not go like that's his mantra so he'll do that. But but this Russ we're seeing doesn't that. I also think one thing about this Lakers Houston series, I thought Dwight Howard presence would be a lot more this series. I haven't really like he's been real quiet this series. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I don't know if he is he banged up or anything. I just know like I thought he would be the X factor for them this series because I figured he'd get him ten to ten off the bench and it'd be no, it would be it wouldn't even be fair. But no, he's just Dwight Howard. <laughs> oh my God! Come on, man. We 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 horse and dog like he's not a certified uh, first Look, ballot Hall of Fame. He, he is. He is. I only say that, man, because I'm uh one. I'm an old school basketball kind of cat, man. So I like seeing old school back to the basket kind of players. And I'm just somebody that saw Dwight Howard ceiling, and I wanted him to be much greater than he is, bro. So I understand. In the same voice that I slander him, also say he probably had one of the highest possible ceilings in the history of the game so absolutely absolutely yeah so i mean so for me I, oh go ahead i just i i don't see i don't know bro i honestly i need the rockets to wake up because it looks like if we don't come out of this series this year it's gonna be some changes to the rockets and i don't want to have to go through rebuild phases because i'm not gonna switch off the rockets because once i once again i saw my franchise fan of the houston area and I just don't want to have to go through rebuild. And it looked like if we lose this series in a in a blowout fashion, it looked like we're gonna have to make a bunch of changes. And our Bill Murray gone, Mike Antony gone. Look like Russ might be gone. Sue Hard might even be gone. So I I, I don't. Nah, I now nah, I'm gonna tell you this: the the team after that first round, because all, out of all my surprises. The way that the first round ended, Billy Donovan drawing up that horrible play at the end was a big (laughs) surprise for me, especially considering three possessions straight, literally. And anybody who does not believe me, anybody who thinks that we capping on facts over acts, roll the tape. The three possessions straight to end the game, the Harden block on Dort, the uh, the first attempt to inbound the ball when... Uh, OKC advanced it up court via timeout and the game ending play all three there was nobody between Steven Adams and the rim now I understand that basketball is a little different from football and in football when you run a play there's people taking pictures so you get the look you get the pre-snap look and you get the you know you you're, you can sit down with your coordinator and say hey this is what we see and this is what we but still, with basketball, it's only 10 players on the court, big dog. You got to be able to see, you know, uh, I, I can't remember who made the, the famous song, but it don't forget who brought you to the dance. Steven Adams is not trash. He's not like some bum that I'm like, 
I don't care how tall you are, bro. I really he definitely don't underrated. Definitely, I, underrated. I don't feel comfortable getting, bro. When on the Dort shot, because the ball swung the Dort and Dort had the hot hand that night, Harden came off him and immediately blitzed Dort. Dort did not see Stephen Adams standing wide open under the rim. If you pass it to him, then easy dunk. Y'all go up by one point. Okay, fine. Y'all miss that. Whatever. You come back. On the first attempt to inbound, Stephen Adams. First of all, PJ Tucker was on Stephen Adams' back, and yep. Stephen Adams' back was facing uh, the sideline where they were inbounding. So there was nothing but space and opportunity between Stephen Adams and the rim. Why PJ Tucker was playing on his back, I don't know. It, it literally defied logic. But I'm like, oh, D'Antoni not gonna catch it. He gonna do it again, and there's gonna be a lane in it. After I think that, what they were going, what they were shooting for, is that that they wouldn't, they wasn't gonna throw a live pass. They're gonna try to pass it directly to him, and PJ Tucker would be able to intercept the pass. They was trying to put his hand in the passing lane because they didn't want Adams to be able to turn around and flip it into the rim. You get what I'm saying? So if he played behind him, Steven Adams catch it, turn around, flip it in the rim, and then this game over, well, it's tie game, go to overtime. So I really don't know how you defend that without a big. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I was honestly, I was honestly kind of confused because it looked like the on that last play where they got the turnover, they ran a few flares off of the inbound, which made me think that they was going for the win to win the series. But even and, and, you, you got to have more experienced players on the floor. I know Shai Gilgis is, is a great player, but his experience played into that because even if you don't have a vision to see that Stephen Adams is able to get to the rim, common sense would tell you with the personnel on the floor. Toss it in that direction, and if you got a, a big or somebody that could read the floor as well as Stephen Adams as well as Chris Paul, somebody gonna be at the rim to receive that pass. Exactly, and that's my why Stephen Adams. Get... Oh, go ahead. go ahead. Okay, my thing is, Dort was your hottest player of the game, right? Mm-hmm. But but do you trust Dort shooting the game when he shot? Absolutely not. Absolutely, he just went off for nine the other night. Yeah, he just went off for nine. No, no. Okay, but, so this is my thing. Why isn't Dort inbounding the ball so you have more shooters out there? And you know what? I think people get too pretty and fancy with inbounding plays, and they think to themselves, we need the best passer in the world to get this this passing. And if it's a situation where, to me, if there's a situation where you have under one whole second left, I absolutely want the best passer in. But if I got two to three seconds... I just want to, I need a decent passer to get a good shooter, a good to great shooter, the ball. Yeah. That's that's all I need. The Kyle Lowry thing and the, when the Raptors stole game two, that is something that you know when they stole game three, that is something that you need a great passer for. Point what was it? Point five seconds. Point five seconds. They got Taco Fall defending the the inbound. That's something you need a great passer for. Nobody but a great passer can make that cross court to the other corner pass to OG Ananobi to hit the game winner. Okay, cool. But Steven Adams being at the three-point line to end the game, let's just say everything went appropriately for them at the point where all the other options broke down. Are y'all telling me, Billy, Billy Donovan, William, I got to call you William because I can't call you Billy after you did that. You need to be taught some responsibility. (laughs) William Donovan, are you okay? Is everything okay at home? You, You said... I'm going to bet this season on uh, Steven Adams 3. Even if 
because because let's be honest, Stephen Adams drifted to the three point line instead of rolling to the rim for whatever reason, and and so even if that pass had been completed, no turnover, you you count your season. Up. William, are you okay? You was playing with the church money. You said we shouldn't have been here anyway. So let's just fool around and do something crazy. Nah, that ain't how you get that done. But now nah, coming into this round, I agree that Miami. I said I said this when we looked at the playoff preview. I said it by the eye test, and I didn't even have the stats to fully confirm it. But I I knew by the eye test, nobody defends Giannis better than the Miami Heat and Bam Adebayo. And now we saw the Giannis stopper has stopped Giannis. It has happened. It ha- And I don't even like giving players, oh, you're the blah, blah, blah stopper moniker. But it's just objectively true. He averages less points per possession against Bam Adebayo than anybody else in the league. That's a stopper to me. And they were the only team out the East to win their season series against Milwaukee. Again, that's a stopper to me. And so Miami being up is not surprising for me because I didn't think that Milwaukee was ever going to have a lead in this series. But them going up 3-0 and Giannis looking like, yeah, like I, I agree. His body language and the way he looked at the end of game three was just like. He, he just, was saying he was, the right thing, but he just wasn't. It didn't look like he was feeling what he was saying. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. He, he had the facial expression of like. Uh, of like the the bully on the playground that just got punched in the mouth for the first time, like he he didn't get the opportunity to get his shots off before. The, right. Like he just he walked up to old boy and he just stole him. Like yeah, nah, you ain't get my juice today. That's what that's what Giannis looked like. He just was like, and the mm. entire Bucks team fit. The Bucks follow Giannis. There is no separation between the two, you know, and and so that's that's what that is. Boston, Toronto, um, I am not surprised. Because I have told everybody for years, the the Celtics. If I'm talking about how players are playing this series, the Celtics have the two best, two to three best players on the court at any time. But guess what? The Raptors have the better coach. Yep, I said it. This is a Brad Stevens hate account. Uh, <laughs> this man, that I, I'm sorry, but if you give. If you give Spo those players in this matchup, it's to Celtics in three. I'm sorry, but um, no, nah, seriously, the uh, that's not very surprising. I, I was surprised that Boston went up 2-0, but I'm not surprised they fought back. Lake uh, Clippers Nuggets. That's I. I don't know why everybody was so quick to dismiss the Nuggets after Game One. I really wish that the that uh, a lot of folks in sports media would just slow it down sometimes because people like it's like one bad game and all of a sudden their entire opinion changes and, and to me if you built your opinion based off 60 something games there's no way it should change after one like you could see a one game that's an outlier I saw the things that I saw uh, Denver struggling with I could tell like oh okay this is an outlier Denver having a bad shooting night, that's not an outlier. Gary Harris getting cooked on defense, that's an outlier. That's not outlier. Gary Harris is one of the best. Actually, I'm going to say he's the best up-and-coming 3 and D wing probably in the game. 
Probably in the game. Just out of the young guys. Out of the guys that have been in the league under four years. Mm-hmm. You would say, uh, I don't Did you see the way Dort was sitting down in the Oh, stop it. Oh, stop <laughs> it. Nah, he, can't, he can't shoot the three, though. But, I mean, oh. you saying, I'm talking about defensively. Mm. But, but that's Dort's job, though. That's oh, Dort's but, job. I feel, his his only this, task is to get out there and, and sit on somebody and defend. And, and also, Dort is new to the game. People... The same way that people watch film of folks' offense, the great offensive players watch film of people's defense. And the the good defenders, the best offensive players see your film and they're like, oh, okay, he has a tendency to do it. He's weak against it, da 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 And so they figure it out and they, they go from great in their first, first one or two seasons to like, oh, he's, he's a good defender now. Gary Harris, he, there's enough film on him to know what he's good and bad at. And people still, when you see Gary come out, it's like, oh, oh man, like this is, you know, you're not you're not looking at Gary like, oh yeah, this barbecue chicken alert, clear out, everybody, get out the way, I'm finna go for thirty, like that's just, and, and he but, and he's very proficient on the offensive end at hitting. Yeah, definitely. So I'm not taking me, nothing from Gary Harris. He he definitely definitely a great. To me, uh, of the guys four years and under, I don't see anybody else that is. As valuable of a piece with just the three and D aspects, that just those two, I'm talking like, oh, he's not the guy that's like going, you know, he's got a deep mid range bag and he's got handles out this world. No, 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 no. You're just three and D, but you're darn good at it. I don't see too many young guys that are in his class as far as that goes. Nah, I think the last one that was in his class that wasn't like a superstar, probably Trevor Ariza. And yeah, he's more I, of a forward wing, though. Like, and, right. and, and Trevor Ariza didn't even develop his shot until later in later in his career. Because when he first came in, he was a slashing and defending guy. Oh, yeah. Because as a Lakers fan, boy, that boy jump shot was broke. And then, exactly. As he got older, he said, okay, my body can't do what it used to do no more with driving. I need to figure out another part of the game. So, that, to me, the Nuggets. The I don't Nuggets know. It's a toss-up. Between him and Jalen Brown, though, I give Jalen Brown a lot of credit. Jalen Brown, and, uh, and I feel that I feel that I could I could see him and Jalen Brown being like neck and neck, or one A and one B, or even one and two, however you want to slice it. But either way, Gary Harris is one of the best. The my whole point here is Gary Harris getting cooked on defense. Is it like what? Like I'm sorry, but Paul George's bag is not the type that I'm like. He gonna cook. He gonna cook Gary Harris. Not at all. I'm sorry. That's just not. That's just not it. Paul George, I can see him going for a big game against like a Jamal Murray, who's like not known for his defense, or uh, uh, a lot of guys who are like man on defense. Like either they don't have the ability or don't put in effort. Gary Harris cooking him. That's Paul. That's not your lane. Pass the ball to Kawhi. That, that's not your lane. Uh, the Houston Houston Lakers series. I mean. I think that in game one, we saw outlier here, but for the Lakers. Uh, the Any game where Houston is even with you on the boards is by definition an outlier for your team. Houston is by far and away the wor- one of the worst rebounding teams in the NBA. Like they go expecting we're going to lose, we're going to be minus 20 on the boards, but we'll make up the difference in We'll get live ball turnovers, and that'll be the difference 
uh, of let allowing a few second chance points, whatever the case may be. Right. So there was that, and also um, the reason that I'm not too content and complacent from the Lakers. I don't trust that Russ is always going to go for a 15. I don't trust that. I don't say like, yeah, hey, we did a good job on Russ. We're just going to keep leaving him open. He going to keep going for a 15. I don't trust that. I don't trust that. I think you need to get in Russ. I think you need to stay in Russ airspace for the first quarter and a half, two quarters to get him cold. And then once it's cold, you can go ahead and go go, go back to the Ben Simmons, whoever defense. But, uh, but at the moment, like, you know, that, I'm telling you, we had, we had that game. We had that game. We just a lot of bonehead moves we made at the end. Houston yeah. tends to not take care of the ball when it's crunch time. I don't know why. They seem to throw passes that they can't make or force passes they can't make. So. Crazy thing with Houston is, man, they don't need Westbrook to be a dog, bro. If Westbrook cut down the turnovers and give you a somewhat efficient like 15 to 20 a game, and people knock down their shots. That's enough to win games. Absolutely. I know. Absolutely. I, I'm going to tell you, though. I'm going to tell you. The Lakers supporting cast. At it's some point, awful. <laughs> at, at some point. And, I, and let, me, let me be more specific. Because the Lakers bigs haven't been bad this playoffs. The Lakers bigs have been playing fairly well. They've been given what's expected. Uh, all the bigs not named Anthony. And giving what's expected. Well, actually, including Anthony Davis, but he's not a, a role player cast, you know, just support cast type. But all the bigs have been doing their what they're supposed to do. But baby, that backcourt. <laughs> if you play in the Lakers, but they can't clone LeBron, dog. It's only one of him. It's only one. KCP, he's he's been oh, I'ma say this. When when you can say with a straight face, yeah, KCP has been far and away our best guard. You probably need to reevaluate what's going on if you got your sights on the championship. Maybe, maybe even Alice Caruso. Because Alice Caruso, he does the the little winning plays so well. And no, that's not coded language for, oh, Alice Caruso, he's sneaky athletic. No, we're not. He really <laughs> does. He really does do the the hustle play, the effort play, the I I just need to get this deflection play. He does that, and he does that better than uh, a lot of guys. A lot of guys in the league, and definitely anybody else in that Lakers backcourt. So KCP, maybe Russo being your best guard, and you got sights on the championship. That ain't gonna fly. That dog don't hunt. Um, that that backcourt has to step up. Danny Green has to do more than one, run sprints every game. Uh, I. Deion Waiters needs to buy into this team's defensive identity because I think that Deion Waiters has been one of the better shooting guards for uh, the Lakers in the bubble. But if you don't buy in defensively, you're not going to play for Frank Vogel, and he hasn't done that. He just well, that's what, we we know that because that's why Danny Green still gets thirty minutes a game. Jesus, oh. <laughs> please stop saying that out loud. I want. I'm going to tell you this. If Danny Green don't explode for at least 40 points a series, 40 points a series, that's all I'm asking for, Danny. I'm not asking for 40 a game. I'm asking for 40 a series. Okay? So, it's ten, theoretically, if they sweep a team, you said 10 a game. Oh, no, no, no. I know it's not going to be no sweeps. Give me seven a game, Danny. Give me <laughs> just seven 
six, seven, eight points a game, Danny. You said and two I'm threes happy. and a free throw. That's it. That's all. Two teams and I mean two 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 threes and a technical free throw. They got to be some, some mental or something with the bubble, man, because it's the same Danny Green who was knocking down last year. It's the same Danny Green who was a, a runner-up f- for finals MVP in 2014. So He has the NBA all-time record for most threes made in a final series. Yeah. Danny Green, your commitment to defeating LeBron, despite the fact that now you're on the same team, <laughs> must be admired. It must be admired. He said, I- I'm going to defeat LeBron at all costs. I don't care what's going on. They said, Danny, you're on the same team as him. He said, at. But, Danny, y'all, you're a Laker now. Oh, Danny, he <laughs> passed the ball to you. Cost. I'm going to beat him. I'm going to beat him. And this is just wow. Wow. Uh, but beyond Danny, KCP, he he's need to be more consistent with the shot. Caruso is Caruso. He has a very limited ceiling. Um, and by very limited ceiling, I don't mean like, oh, he's athletically limited or whatever. His skill set, he's he's the exact opposite of what people talk about when you talk about white players. Normally, you talk about a guy who, oh, yeah, he's skilled, he's crafty, he's this, he's that. No, Russo is just very athletic and he tries very hard. Like, that's that's the truth about Alex Caruso. He doesn't, if he had a consistent, you know, if he was Steve Kerr with the shot out there, or if he was Danny Price with the shot out there, just, just standing on the three, just striping, striping, striping. I'd be like, oh, bet. But, like, that's not him. He's he's a slasher who hits threes on occasion, who, you know, defensively, he just tries super hard. Um, I I need more court. JR is JR. I don't know why they bought JR on. I'm not mad at JR playing like trash because he's always played this way. Ever since he left the Knicks, that boy ain't been right. Ever since he left the Knicks, he ain't been right. But for some reason. Uh, he had decent down. times in, in Cleveland, bro. Yeah, all right. But he, he, right. he uh, even if he had decent times, his game is still on brand. His game exactly. then exactly. is not any different from now. He was just at a point in his career where, where the shots was falling. He ain't exactly. doing nothing much different. Exactly, exactly. And that's and this JR. That's JR. You got to know, JR is not a ball stopper in the sense of he going to dribble the ball around 15 seconds and you give it to him. He's a ball stopper in the sense of when you give it to him, it's going up. <laughs> it's going up. I mean, he got, you know, he he's just, he has the confidence of a mediocre redacted man applying for a job. Anyway, uh, so now we're going to get into these NBA awards. We got Nick Nurse winning NBA Coach of the Year. We got Giannis winning Defensive Player of the Year. We got Brandon Ingram getting the most improved player of the year, Montrez Harrell winning uh sixth man of the year. Are any of these are any of these uh trophies, do y'all feel like, hey, this should have gone to someone else? Because we know it's the NBA. And the difference between the winner and the third place for these trophies, second and third place for these trophies, is is so small, it's sometimes like, right. oh, well I prefer this, but I prefer that one. But are are any of these like, oh, this clearly should have went to somebody else. Or are these all like, you know what? Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I, I honestly don't have a problem with, with any of these that they announced. Uh, Nick Nurse was definitely coach of the year. Brandon Ingram most improved. I agree with that. A lot of people say they should have been Bam, but I agree I'm with B.I. I'm one of those people. I think um, should have been Bam. 
we, we discussed this. The only reason I agree that it should be Brandon Ingram is because Ingram took the same amount of time that he had to produce and produce more. I think Bam's increase in his in his stats is a direct correlation in that he saw a lot more minutes this year than he saw last season. Brandon Ingram saw the same amount of minutes that he did last year and produced more. That's the reason that I think uh, Ingram should have got most improved. But um, I don't even know who – I need to look at the voting for sixth man of the year, but – if I'm not mistaken, Montrez Harrell like played a, a, a decent amount of starter minutes for the Clippers the, before the restart. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Okay, so I, I maybe I just need to double check the eligibility for a six man of the year or see who else was in the running. But I I definitely up until the bubble started, I definitely remember Montrez starting a a, a nice chunk of games for the Clippers. Yeah. yeah, he did. Like when they that. were trying to figure out the lineup, he did a lot. So right. I, I don't know, but hey, who else is gonna get it? Lou Will. <laughs> I mean, at this point, it should just be called the the. Uh, they got a rename. Yeah, Lou Will commemorative commemorative award or something, man. Yeah, and you know yeah, what? I he think retired. it's funny. Lou Lou Will is. Uh, that's the highlight of his year every year. He literally just wants to win six minute a year. Like he doesn't want to. He plays starter minutes. He doesn't want to be a starter. He, they found out he's better off the bench, and he always just wants to win that award. Like so, to me, I feel like they should just gave it to Lou Will because I mean, he deserves a little bit more recognition. But um. okay, so second place was Dennis Schroeder. I I, I could have saw that going to. I should. I could have saw that going to Schroeder. I mean. After the that, season they had, the Thunder definitely deserves some sort of season award. And that's what I'm saying. Like the the all of these awards, when you get to talking, who's first, who's second, who's you could you could honestly see it go in any direction because before that last play drawn up against the Jazz, I I was a big advocate for Billy Donovan for Coach of the Year. Yeah, huge advocate. But after that play, you're disqualified. You're disqualified. I don't ever want to hear you, Coach of the Year, talk to you. I don't care if they go 81 and 81 and one next year. I don't want the Thunder or anybody involved with them considered for Coach of the Year uh, until Billy ain't down, ain't, ain't uh, walking up the up and down those sidelines no more. Uh, another player I think should have been recognized for Most Approved Player of the Year is Karis LeVert. I think he was a finalist, was he not? But yeah, I feel LeVert. like he was. Yeah, I think I he was like in third he, place. I think I would have probably took it, gave it to him over uh, Brandon Ingram as well because, I mean, Brandon Ingram team, yeah, he had a better season. And yes, they were injured, but his team really didn't even make that much of a leap with him being a better player. Like, I don't, I don't just to me. I feel that. I feel that. Right, you oh, know oh, what? Oh, go ahead. Brandon, Brandon, Brandon Ingram winning this uh most improved player i when i saw when i saw how he was flourishing in new orleans the first thing that came to mind was the stage was too big and there was just too much in la and sure enough when he was talking about it he said hey he you know uh, it's no distraction. It's not many distractions out here in New Orleans. I could just go play and do my thing and do that. And I'm like, see, see, and it's not a knock on Brandon Ingram. 
There's there's nothing wrong with that because I don't think Giannis becomes Giannis if he played for if he was drafted by the Lakers, if he was drafted by the Rockets, if he was drafted right. by uh, the Celtics. Certain players need certain environments to grow. It's just like plants, you know what I mean? Like not every plant can grow in the brightest sun. Right. And but also on the flip side, not every plant can grow in damp, cold environments. It's it's these players are special and unique and individual in that way. And so I don't want anybody to take this as a knock against uh um Brandon Ingram, but it it was just like you I felt like in watching him you could see the pressure of being in LA getting to him. You could see all other stuff of LA and it was like when he got traded, I was happy for him. Uh not only because LeBron got Anthony Davis, but also because I felt like that was just that New Orleans is a much better fit for a guy from Kinston, North Carolina than LA. Right. Like that's just that's just that. I mean, uh, just Montrez- things on the same foot. If you flip it to teammates, bro, I don't think Kuzma becomes the the player that he is, or the player that people think he's destined to be if he started his career in the New Orleans as opposed to being in L.A. So. Exactly, exactly. So, by the way, Kuz is looking awful too, Gibbs. I don't know. You need to call. <laughs> you need to go call your Lakers and see see what's going on. See if they doing this on purpose to like you know sell sell tickets or give views up. But. I don't know what you need to do, Gibbs. Uh, you know, at this point, I'm. I, I think I'm gonna have to go down there to the bubble and, and give them the King Gibbs pep talk. I think I gotta do it. I think I gotta look at all of them and just say, "What? What are y'all doing right now? What are y'all doing? Y'all are playing like Clippers, okay? Y'all are playing <laughs> like trash right now. Y'all wearing the purple and gold, playing like this. You're embarrassing yourself. You're embarrassing your family name." Okay, Danny, you've been playing so bad. Al Green done had to come out of retirement and become a meme. He had to come out of retirement <laughs> and become a meme because of how you playing. Danny, come on, man. Alice Caruso, go bald. Go bald. Okay, you you can do it. Just cut the hair off. You stop holding on to those three strings like Homer Simpson. <laughs> cut it all off. All right, KCP. You're KCP. I can't expect more of you. Deion Waiters, put down the gummies, man. Lock in defensively. Make some good things happen. J.R. Smith, I know you said you don't drink Henny, but you're playing like Henny Smith. Hey, That's man. what you're playing like. If the Lakers is going to do this, man, they could have brought uh, they could have brought Lance Stevenson back. Exactly. Exactly. Bro, Somebody go bro, get Lance Stevenson Howard, from China. Dwight Howard and J.R. Smith don't have any minutes. Like, no, they haven't been getting any minutes. I don't get it. Yeah. Like, what's the point of even bringing Dwight Howard to the bubble with you if you wasn't even going to play him? Uh, you know, mm, I, I'm i going to just – I'm not even going to speak on it. So, so do we have thoughts for MVP? Because I feel like the consensus is everybody's saying Giannis is one with LeBron either as a distant or close to – I've heard from a few folks that like, oh yeah, LeBron's the MVP because he's thirty five. But I, I personally am not a much on the narrative guy. I'm just a who provides the most value for the right. team. So uh, who who y'all got for MVP? What are, what are we thinking here? Uh, Giannis MVP. Um, even though we about to see him go out in the second round, it's it's a regular season award. Um, 
the just from a from a purely statistical standpoint if you're looking at it just on a stat sheet i know we facts over acts and we want to look at the games to provide our narratives too but he had a dominant regular season if you're just looking at the stat sheet he had one of the most dominant seasons in the history of basketball i -hmm. think if if any other player is in that position and putting up those numbers is a consensus for mvp but i don't know if it's fatigue or the fact that we know that his teammates aren't going to carry him through to bigger playoff success but i think it's uh pretty i'm not saying it's, it's a unanimous decision but i think it's pretty clear here that, that Giannis is the mvp with lebron being a close second i'm not going to say it's distant i think lebron is a close second and then third third is really a toss-up i wouldn't even know who to put third in those voting but i think one and two is Giannis with lebron uh nearby in the second place and then third i don't even think third is relevant in this situation because they aren't huh? Huh? I, don't, I know somebody in dallas that deserves a little recognition for third i don't know about you mm. oh, oh cut it out cut it out mm. luca cut it out luca does not belong in it okay you know what i'll say this with as big of a gap as it is between two and three and as close as three and four and five will be sure Sure. Three and four, sure. you can say Luca or Harden, bro. It's no, it's no other three and four. I, you know, the fact that we're not even talking about Anthony Davis in this MVP race, I don't know. I don't know about that. And, and I'm, I understand that uh, his his plus minus and all that haven't been great with LeBron off the court, but. This Lakers support cast has been absolute trash. They have not been good throughout the year. Throughout the year, they have had certain games where they play well. They have well, not, see, for any stretch of time, played very good. That's the thing, though, Giz. I don't think AD is uh, – he's the top five MVP Academy. He's I put him four or five. It depends on where you put Harden. I'll put him four or five. But Luka to that team – without Luka on the floor, that team is the Knicks. Literally, that team is the Knicks. True. Without True. without Brown on that floor, that team is 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 not the Knicks, but they're the Sacramento. That's Sacramento. Now wait a minute. Now without LeBron or AD on that court, that team is. Out, oh, that they worse than the Knicks. <laughs> it's a G League. It's the G League team. It's a G League. They the uh, San Diego got, Surf. There you go. If you if you got AD out there on the floor without Brown, that's still a team I would match up with Sacramento. I'm just saying. I feel that. I feel that. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so, so if you if you look at it, Luca without that team, that that team is awful. And then Harden is gonna be hard. His number, look at his numbers; they speak for himself. But then again, gets I think AD will win Finals MVP if the Lakers go to the finals. I and you know what? The, if you look at the bigs who would be coming out of the East, I have a hard time believing that. I have because Boston, they bigs, they have a. Boston doesn't have one center that comes at you. They their centers come at you in droves. You don't know who gonna get the minutes in what game, and you are gonna see some of Cantor. You are gonna see some of um, some of uh, uh, I I don't know how to pronounce the young man's name. Uh, it's Williams. They said, uh, yeah, you they're not or Williams. Tice. Don't make or me Tice. Tice, bro, big. Why why you gonna make me look crazy like that? You don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and you gonna say Williams? 
<laughs> like I struggle pronouncing William. But yeah, you got Cantor, Williams, Tice, and uh, it's o- the other OG. Yeah, I'm sorry to be betraying your name, young man. I'm sorry I'm talking about. But yeah, you got you got four guys that any night you gonna come hey, up the court. Taco. You got taco. <laughs> Yeah, that's Taco Bell. That's that's lunch meat there. That's that we not really talking about taco again. Come on, man. Taco look good in summer league. Come on, man. Knock it off. Uh, but yeah, so you know you got those guys, and 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 if you look at uh, if you look at the Heat, the Heat are so. I'm not, I'm not sold on him dominating Bam. I'm not sold on that. No, he's so, not. He's not. It'll be a battle. It'll be a battle. So I if if they get to the finals and Anthony Davis is playing like he's gonna win the finals MVP, then it's gonna be Lakers in four. But I think that it's it's gotta be or not that it's gotta be, it's probably gonna be LeBron if when they when they get there. I mean Brian will hit another switch when he gets to the finals. I don't think he won another final spot on his resume, so No, not at all. Not at all. So, so we're all in agreement that Giannis is the MVP here. Yeah, sadly, but yeah, <laughs> and, and you know, and you know what? I'm gonna tell you, the playoffs has exposed how valuable he is to this team because they could barely, and when I say barely, I mean barely ex- eats on the Magic when he was on the bench. When he went to the bench, that they just were like. And that's kind what I'm saying. Around. Like, I feel like if Giannis is on the better team, he 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 would be a lot. His team will win more, but he wouldn't be an MVP toss. His team is that bad where you're just like you got to give this guy MVP. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you give him MVP because at the same time, a, a lot of people have been saying this team is going to make the finals. This team could win the finals, and I just can't envision a scenario where your two and three option is Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez, and you a favorite to to compete for well, a championship. But, but so the three supposed to be the three. Man, I, yeah. So like I he was saying, Brooke, Eric Brooke Lopez. The <laughs> exactly, exactly. So so like Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez, the third option. Come on, man. We listen. I, my, more power to Mighty Mouse. He's a great, great defender. He can sit down on almost any perimeter player. But uh, nah, big dog. Nah, we ain't <laughs> we ain't giving you third option offensively on facts over acts, man. You you got. You third by name, but not by what's actually happening out there on the court. So we're going to switch gears a bit and get into this football. We, we're we about to see football. Did y'all know we are only uh, a week away from football? Yeah, I mean, yeah, do, do y'all envision this working? I, I don't. I don't envision it working. Well, baseball seems to still be playing, even though people take touching positive. They're just sending them players home. So right. I mean, if the NFL take that approach, yeah, but that that's kind of selfish. That means they don't really care about their players, <laughs> like the MLB. But, but yeah, but at the same time, MLB, even though it's star players in the MLB, their organizations are set in a way to where if these players need to be gone for two weeks, is you know they can they can replace those players for two weeks. If it's a star player to be gone for two weeks, y'all can struggle for a little bit and and put somebody in his place. Football, if your quarterback tests positive for COVID, you in the middle of a playoff push, like that's it. And not only that, but the the so we talk about the quarterback. The quarterback is like your mortgage, that's the whole house, cool, whatever. The next thing up you pay is your home insurance. That's your what happens if your left tackle gets COVID? Right. 
if I if I'm Drew Brees, um, excuse, you said I got who protecting my blind side? Oh no, oh no, <laughs> I don't care. If he positive, we positive. We gonna sit this game out, big dog. We gonna uh, and then my thing is the D line and the and the offensive line is just. The, the amount of touching and breathing on each other they going to do. Now, Gibbs, oh, you were the alignment. How absolutely. many times did you did you knock somebody down on their back or, or get put on your back? I know that didn't happen to you, of course, but how many times? <laughs> oh, it, it did. It did. Let me tell you, it's this, part of the game. It's like a corner yeah. getting dusted. If you ain't never got yeah. beat, you ain't never been on the field. Right. So my thing is, how many times have you got sweat from another male just off of fighting on the D-line or, or the O-line? tell you something about D-line and O-line. It's so common to smell your opponent's breath. I can more so recall the players that I did not than the ones who I did. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, so, Like, I could vividly remember the thought of, I can't smell nothing coming off, bro. What's going on right now? Because, like, you know, like, it, it's, it's a weird thought, but, like, sometimes when you in a game up by, like, 35 and your mind start wondering, like, that's one of the thoughts that come up, like, Wait a minute, bro. Like, most alignment really stink. I can't smell nothing off, bro. Like, that's crazy. So yeah, it's it's more often than not, bro. You you're you're gonna those droplets are coming to your face. Like you take those. Right. So, so I mean that's that, all I'm gonna say about that. Not only that, for me, it's too many people. You cannot sequester. See basketball sequestered, in essence, the top the top half of the league, more or less. So they had, what, 20 teams in the bubble? 22. Yeah. Okay, 22 teams in the bubble. So they already trimmed the fat to begin with. Number two, it was eight games, and then... Um, six teams it left. Was eight, then six teams left. And then, after those six teams left, it was still a week or two before they bought in uh, the families and all that. For these NFL players, they're going to be around their families regardless. You cannot sequester 53. And, you know, just like we talked about uh, before, there was a, a undrafted uh, free agent rookie for the Seahawks who got cut from the team for trying to sneak his girl in the camp. And by the way, <laughs> I'm not even disappointed that I'm I'm disappointed that he tried to sneak her in. But the fact that she wasn't bad made it worse. The fact that she was like, <laughs> meh, was like, oh, come on, bro. That's what you, you are under, you're not like if you, but here's the, the, the follow-up to that. They cut him and that's like, okay, cool. He's an undrafted free agent. You cut an undrafted free agent. Are you going to cut your star receiver when he pulls up, when his old lady pulls to camp or he, she pulls to wherever y'all are? sequestered are you gonna do it no i don't think so i I, you're not cutting obj because his partner pulled up you're not doing it right like that's just that's not what's gonna happen you're not cutting travis kelsey because his part like you're just gonna be like hey don't do it again man come on be smart (laughs) and that's the end of that so slap on the wrist I, I really doubt that uh, football is going to uh, work out. But, you know, we're going to see. We gonna Because these guys got families. They got wives. They got It's going to be up to the players, to be honest. So, that's all I can say about that. Yeah, okay. If, if you've been around football players, you know. 
If it's up to them. If they go to the field, go back home, and don't do nothing else, it could work. But I doubt that's going to happen because, I mean, it's hard for people that don't have money to stay at the field and not do nothing. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You know, that's wow. Somebody going to be on a private jet to Dubai banging free Joe Exotic by the ace, by season eight. I mean, by uh, <laughs> game eight of the season. Hey, man, get to go watch some Carol Baskin on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, Lord. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Wow. Um, all righty, all righty, all righty. But, yeah, speaking of football, we got Adrian Peterson coming to the Lions after being waived by the Redskins. Is this a good hey. pickup? Gibbs, what's your obsession with getting stars after they are ninety five? Like, what's up? What's up with you and your Detroit sports, man? First of all, against all first teams. Of all, first of all, I'm gonna need you to stop with this y'all nonsense because they don't make decisions based on what Ken wants. That's been made very clear. I said last year that the Lions should have probably uh, should have probably the Lions should have actually a long time ago. Made a lot of different picks besides what they got, but it's okay. It's fine. I'm, I live in the truth of we are who we are. <laughs> and, you know, I just, I gently weep into my pillow and accept it. But whatever. Uh, I've accepted that, you know, AJ Peterson is, he's, as much as people want to make him out to be washed, he's not. I'm sorry. Yeah. I got to say that. He's he's not the best back in the league no more. He's not gonna be the the guy that's, uh, the guy that's you know gonna carry the load for fifteen hundred yards. But last year he was only a hundred and two short of a thousand, averaging four point three yards a carry. Like, I don't feel bad about that. I'm all right with that. Yeah. I mean, and, and so you know I. I think it's a good pickup because they have a running back room that's full of very talented but very young players. Mm-hmm. I think that you don't do anything but help a Carryon Johnson. You don't do anything but help a uh, DeAndre Swift. I-, I may have gotten his first name wrong there. Let me check that, make sure I got that right. But, yeah, I, I don't think that – yeah, it is DeAndre Swift. I don't think that you hurt yourself by putting them around Adrian Peterson. I, I really don't. I really don't. Um, you you get them with a professional. You get them with a career guy that's been in the league for forever and a day. I think they're only going to get better. I think they're only going to learn from them. And granted, some of the stuff that AP got, some of the stuff that AP had in his prime, you can't teach that. But you can teach, hey, I've, I've made certain mistakes, and this is how you navigate not making that. Or, hey, you're going through a bit of a slump. I've been there. This is how you get through that. And so I think that... The, I think for those reasons alone, it's a good pickup. But also, he's still productive. He's still productive. He's mm-hmm. he's out here still doing this thing. Um, and you know, when you think of when you think of Adrian Peterson, you would want to say, "Oh, this is an old guy who, you know, is probably uh, just in the NFL by name and not because he's actually producing." But I mean, at the end of the day, you're talking about a guy that's top twenty in rushing in the league. Yeah, you know what I mean, so. I really think of it from this standpoint. Um, y'all, everybody that listens to the show already know I'm not the biggest biggest football guy. But one, uh, I know that the Lions will be getting more production out of AP this year than they did out of their rushing last season, which is an improvement. 
any improvement that you can make is is a good improvement. And on top of that, even if he isn't the most productive um, running back from a name uh, from a name recognition standpoint, AP is one of the most recognizable names in the league just because he's been around for so long. I mean, he was around before I stopped watching football. So if I recognize your name, I know you've been around for a minute. Um, I don't have the Lions making the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. in the process, if you're not making the playoffs, if you, could, if you could slightly improve your team a little bit more and make some money, because AP jerseys are going to sell, especially Lions fans that's not used to having stars, those jerseys are going to sell. Make you a little extra money and make your team a little bit better. So I don't, I don't, I can't really think of a of a downside of making that pick up. Wow. That offensive line that. needs to make a pickup because AP gonna be getting picked up. <laughs> so, <laughs> Gibbs, let me ask you a few questions. Where did Stafford I'm rank in the most sacks? Getting sacked the most in the league. Where did Stafford rank? Uh, I believe. Well, I mean, last year the numbers were kind of distorted because he uh, got hurt pretty early. Yeah. Oh, okay. He, the year before. Let's do 2018. Yeah. Uh, he was top five, I believe. He was top five. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, you know, it. Uh, okay. I mean, I'm still asking some questions. So, oh, okay. So, <laughs> so that being said, um, what do you need to have a successful run game? I mean, well, it a successful run game is it's more art than science. But generally, you need some some big, tough offensive linemen who got to run the ball mentality. That's that's what okay. you need. So, what causes you to have a top five quarterback? That gets sacked. What, 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 what's the reasoning behind that? Why does that happen? Uh, if you got a top five quarterback getting sacked a lot, well, um, you know, you're probably looking at uh, your your offensive line is is literally like it's just extremely porous. Like you're not you're not doing anything for your quarterback. Uh, but I, I will say this though, last year. Uh, the Lions had an average offensive line and pass protection as far as uh, sacks given up and adjusted sack rate. They were average, perfectly average. Not saying they were good, not saying they were great, just saying they were average. Now, my last question, what was AP's offensive line when he had those breakout years? Oh, the, those offensive lines in Minnesota were complete hogs. They were, they, you have both of the, um, you have both of the Khalil brothers that were just moving people around like crazy. Their center was good too. They were they those those offensive lines were different. You uh, you don't uh, see uh, offensive lines like that every day. I, I rest my case. I don't got no no plus side to having AP because you ain't got nobody to block for AP. Lions just get old stars to sell tickets, like Josh said. So uh, I mean, hey, it is what it is. Go Lions! Hey, hey listen, I'm and hey, you know what? I'm not even. I'm going to just, like I said, I don't expect him to come out and be a world beater. I don't expect him to come out and, you know, put up no 1,500-yard season. I just expect him to contribute, be a good member of the team, man. You know what I mean? Like, if we look at it, if we look at this, 30-year-old for running back is ancient. That's that's ancient for running backs. The only 30-year-old to be in the top 20 of rushing last year was him. The next one is none other than our boy Frank Gore, who rushed for six hundred, well, five hundred ninety-nine yards. 
So, you know, like at the end of the day, you don't really you don't really see it. You just you just don't see guys that are going, you know, be at the age of 30 still balling. LaShawn McCoy, another 30 year old back, 465 last year. So, I mean, if we're talking about the production that we're going to see from 30 year olds, do we not? We're not going to see better. We're not going to see better than what AP is putting up. And now we're going to move on to another running back that's been slightly more productive recently. But granted, he's got a lot less miles on those legs. Little old Leonard Fournette. He has been waived by the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he's been picked up by the Bucks, who, after getting him, their odds increased even more to uh, win the Super Bowl. They are far and away the favorites to win the Super Bowl this season. Is Leonard Fournette a good pickup for the Bucks? By the way, quick note about Leonard Fournette. His rookie year, he went for 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns. Uh, his second year, he got hurt, had a little bit of a sophomore slump. Uh, but his last year, he had 1,100 rushing, 500 receiving, and... Um, he had some problems with the front office in in uh, Jacksonville that you know, with him as a malcontent or whatever. But going forward, is this a good pickup for the Bucks? I think I think so. I think so. I mean, who was they running back before? Um, I want to say it was one of the guys out of Florida. Uh, who was... Yeah, we can't even name him. So yeah, it's a good pickup. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Guy, what you thinking? I mean, I, I think it's a good pickup just from the standpoint that I'm I'm not more familiar with this guy, especially uh, like we were talking about AP in the last subject. But if I'm not uh, mistaken, he's been one of the most run- productive running backs in the league, and he's only been in the league, what, is his third, fourth season yeah. maybe? Yeah, yep. so, I mean, I can't really think of a scenario where you got a team with Tom Brady as the quarterback and you already you were already favorites to win a Super Bowl and you have one of the most productive running backs in the league that's in their third season at 25 years old. So, I, I, it's, it's, no negative, it's no negative that I could think of in this scenario, especially when we got two dudes in here that, that watch football much more than I do and they couldn't name the Bucks' last running back. Man, I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm sick right now. If you are a Bucks hater, if you are a Tom Brady hater, <laughs> if you thought if you thought that this was an experiment that wasn't gonna work, you gotta be hurting right now. You gotta be a hurting soul. Cause not only did they get them, they got them for cheap. They got them for cheap. And it's just like Wow. Whatever, you know. I wow. So not only is this uh not only is he one of the most productive backs in the league, he's still heading towards his prime. That to me is the worst part about this whole thing. He is not like this is not like he's twenty seven and like twenty seven for running backs is like three in NBA years. Like that's the point at which you're like, Okay now yeah. like you're not gonna get no better big dog. Like that's just what this is. But somehow you know, he's he's uh, he's found himself on the market at twenty four, and he's still still gonna get it rolling. And that that to me is like, wow, just wow. Oh, and uh, quick correction: 
Adrian Peterson did not lead all running backs over 30 in rushing last year. That was Mark Ingram. And Mark Ingram was at 1,018 yards. But anyway, um, yeah, just seeing Leonard Fournette come into this backfield, one of the best things that you could do for a quarterback, especially a quarterback that you don't want taking a lot of hits, especially in Bruce Arians' deep ball offense, establish the running game. Leonard Fournette establishes the running game. Like, he's that powerful. He's a one-man running game, even if his line is, you know, just some mid. So, I mean, caps off to uh, the Bucks GM because they when – when you think about how little they gave up to get all the players that they've gotten this year, they got LaShawn McCoy in free agency. They got Tom Brady in free agency. They got Gronk for like a – third or fourth round pick I, like they they've they've given up basically nothing and all of these players are older have defects uh, Leonard Fournette you know he was he had big problems with uh the front office which has led some folks to question his maturity which is understandable but to get a back headed towards his prime and doing this wow wow just this, at this price. Come on, man. Tom Brady. Everybody want to play with Tom Brady. <laughs> Come on, man. I hate it here. I absolutely hate it here. Hey, listen. I know y'all hear the music. I know y'all hear it's not Don Tolliver this week. But we, we had to get some big shine on here because he just dropped Detroit 2. And it's going number one in 28 countries. And, you know, anybody putting in on for the city, they will get love from us. Hopefully, AP put on for the city, too, next year, man. <laughs> Hopefully, we get AP putting on for the city, too. Come back next week and the week after that and the week after that. Peace and love, y'all. Look at all the O's I made. Whoa. Same outfit a couple days. Yeah. Listen to Big Shot. Okay, praise, nigga.